0: All right. Well, the season ended today. The Giants, for the first time in their 140-year history, finished right at 581 and 81. And there's no better person, no better friend of mine, to kind of recap the season, go over it than Marty Lurie. Marty Lurie joins us right now. What's going on, buddy? How are
1: you? I'm doing great, FP. Nice to be on with you. And uh, 81 and 81, as Bill Parcells said, "You are what your record is." And that's <laughs> this is a team that's a 500 team, and that's uh, that's all you can say about it right now.
0: Well, I talked about this last night. I want to get your opinion on it. I think if you're the Royals or the Pirates and you've had some down years and all of a sudden you get to 500, that's quite an accomplishment. Like, it's it's hard to be a 500 team at the major league level. But when you're the Giants and you won 170 games and your division last year, I get 500's 500. And, Marty, it was every bit of a 500 season. There was ups. There was downs. There was winning streaks. There was losing streaks. And I think, and I want to get your take on this, that my simpleton opinion on this If they would have caught the ball this year consistently and played defense, they'd be playing in a couple of days still.
1: Well, it helps when you catch the ball. Let's face it. Uh, You know, they had very good pitching. You know, the starting pitching was excellent, I think, all year long. Uh, The bullpen, as I've said many times on the show, when they had a lead late in the game, they didn't lose it. So they did those things well. But the defense put them in trouble a lot. It extended innings. It cost them games. And uh, the defensive run saved, and uh, that's analytic that we see all the time from Mark Simon of Sports Info Solutions, had the Giants 28th or 29th in the league. And it, it just put a lot of pressure on the pitching staff that sometimes they could meet it, sometimes they couldn't, but the Giants are always behind the eight ball on the defense, and especially, especially in the outfield. And that was one that didn't show up in the box score all the time, but there were balls that fell in front of Peterson. Of course, we know that, his story, in left field, uh, in center field. We never really had a, a comfortable center fielder uh, during the year, and right fielder would be look at the center fielder, and the ball would drop in. So I, I think the defense was an issue, uh, not the most dramatic for me. It really, it was the hitting that was the most dramatic, the up and down of the hitting, and the injuries to the veterans. I think if I had to sum up the season, I think the injuries to the veterans and no posy, that was the kiss of death for the Giants.
0: Yeah, I, I, you could definitely tell they are missing Buster Posey. But, Marty, I, I would go to the, the infield more than the outfield. And I know what you're saying. They threw the wrong base a lot. They didn't hit cutoff, yeah. man. They didn't keep the double play in order. I, I saw somewhere that Jock Peterson had 17.6 defensive war this year. So, yeah, I, I get that. But then you talk about... Brandon Belt being hurt at first base and some of the plays he made that were uncharacteristic. And then Brandon Crawford at short when his knee was bothering him and affected his throws. Evan Longoria was never really healthy at third base, and you could see it on defense. He was a step slow for a minute. And then you saw, you know, the left side get healthy, right, with Brandon Crawford. He started being the old Brandon Crawford. Evan Longoria gave it a great finish. Tyro Estrada's a work in progress. He he was making the routine play later in the season that he was having trouble with early in the season. And I thought Donovan Walton, to be honest, was a mess. Uh, defensively for these guys this year. He won a gold glove in the minor leagues, and I just didn't see it. So I think if all those things are tightened up a little bit, Marty, and I don't think that's a hard thing to tighten up, they got a chance in 2023.
1: No, I agree with you. Uh, there were many, many double plays that weren't turned, and you hit it right on the head. And uh, Not having belted first base really was dramatic to see the ground that he could cover, and with the bad knee, what he was able to cover. So, yeah, that was a big issue. I'll, I'll grant you that. Uh, When Longoria was in there, it certainly helped a lot, but he had, what, 270 at-bats for the whole season. Uh, Craw has slowed down a step, but it's still good enough for me. I think Estrada came on. I really felt, uh, you know, talk about MVPs of the team and things like that on the offensive side. I think Estrada may be the guy for me. Uh, I, I don't like him moving around a lot. I'd like to see him really learn how to play second base. But as far as coming in on the ball, F.P., he looks like you. That was your best play, coming in on the ball and (laughs) throwing the first base. Man, I could just see you doing it and – Go that sidearm to first base, Estrada can do that. He's really good at coming in on the ball. So yeah, defense has to be tightened up, that's for sure. Okay,
0: well I've been talking about it a little bit and I want to get to it. Who do you think was the pitcher of the year and the player of the year? I have I think the obvious candidates are Carlos Rodon, Logan Webb, Camilo Duvall are my three candidates, and you could go off script if you want for pitcher of the year. Who do you got?
1: Well, for me it's Rodon. Uh, every time he got the ball, he delivered. Uh, That one game on Sunday night against the Cardinals when he got lit up, that was about the only one that I really remember that he really wasn't himself. But he was the guy. And you had Webb behind him. And those two, if you went into a three-game series, you had to feel pretty good. But then other things happened to the team, and they didn't win all those games. But for me, every time Rodon got the ball, he delivered. And uh, he's my MVP on the pitching side.
0: Yeah, 29 years old. He turns 30 on December 10th, I'm seeing right here. He was 14 and 8, 178 in a third innings pitched, 237 strikeouts, 52 walks. So, yeah, 288 ERA, that's tough to argue. Logan Webb was 15 and 9 with a 290 ERA, he had 163 strikeouts. Uh, 25 years old, Marty. I feel like he's the future of this franchise. Do you lock up Logan Webb?
1: Absolutely. Uh, now, who knows if you have to do it this year, maybe next year you do it. Uh, I mean, after next year when he's heading for arbitration. But absolutely. Um, the kid just pitched great. He's getting better. Uh, and we had him on the show, ref and I talked about it. And you give this kid a lead and he becomes a different pitcher. That bulldog mentality comes out. Uh, I think he's a he's a great number one or number two And the big thing in the offseason is replacing Rodon. He will opt out of his contract. Now, it doesn't mean the Giants can't sign him, but he's going to have a lot of leverage, and you need that one, too, because Webb is terrific in that two spot. He really is. He's really good. You know what he reminds
0: me of, Marty, and it just clicked. I've been trying to think of a comp all year long, and it's not with the delivery. It's not with the stuff. It's not anything about what he's done statistically, but makeup, he reminds me of a young Tim Hudson.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. He, he, you give this guy the lead, and he gets it done. I'll never forget Hudson in, uh, in 2000, and uh, the A's would play Texas. It was the last game of the year, and if the A's won that game, they won the division. If they lost it, it was going to be to Tampa Bay, to Texas. They had a whole bunch of games they had to play, and Hudson came in that dugout, And you've heard this, I'm sure, F.P. from different pitchers and said, guys, just get me one run. That's all I want is one run. I'll take care of the rest, and he sure did. And that's exactly what happened.
0: He did that in Oakland when I was there in two thousand one. Great, great. But, but there was an F bomb between one and run, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and he was screaming at the top of was like, "Give me one F and <laughs> run, just one!" Before he Didn't took F- the mound, before he took the mound, I never see anything yeah. like that in my life. I'm like,
1: oh, great. I'll bump the guy over in the first inning. It's all he wants is one. Hey, FP, this guy had two hundred twenty wins in the big leagues. Tim Hudson, it's something like that, two twenty. He's right up there.
0: Yeah, and I think Logan Webb can have a similar career, Marty. And I watched every one of his starts like you did, and I thought he had some bad luck behind him defensively, some shoddy defense, if you will. And when you finish with 15 wins, I feel like if he pitched his last start with good defense behind him, we could be talking about a 20-game winner this year.
1: I think so. Uh, I think what he's got to do is really get his out pitch. What's his out pitch? Uh, You know, when you really have to get that out second and third one out. You got to get that out. What's his out pitch? I'll ask you that. What's his out
0: pitch? It's a sinker. It's all he needs to throw. We've had talks, Marty. I've gotten to know Logan over the year, and we've had some beers together after some games because we're both from Sacramento, and I just think he's he's a guy that veteran guys look up to, even at 25. And I think sometimes you get lost in the analytics a little bit when it's telling you to throw slider, telling you to throw change but your BAME pitch and your best pitch and I think the best pitch in baseball is a good sinker. Best pitch in baseball is strike one but the best pitch in baseball is a sinker to me and if you can locate your sinker and keep it down, it's two things. You know, you can't elevate it in today's game. You can't hit it over the shift or the no shift next year but, Mm -hmm. you know, you just beat it into the ground and there's nothing you can do with it. Second thing is, Marty, it kind of announces your presence with authority. Like, oh my gosh, this guy trusts his sinker. He's just jamming me all night. You give him a slider, it gets me a chance to get extended right-handed. So we've had talks and his fastball usage the last couple starts went up and, it, and it's mm-hmm. more just Marty it's more of an aggressive approach like here's my fastball bro hit it and he started to do that later in the year and I like him when he throws his fastball more so I think his out pitch is his fastball
1: okay I, I think for me personally I thought it was his changeup up uh, it was so good uh, but I asked him the question and he said sinker he went with that's what he told me and uh, you know you can't argue with that it's funny you mentioned the best pitch in baseball Remember Rick Peterson, the old pitching coach? Of course. Yeah. So he said, you know, he was always challenging me with questions like that. What's the best pitch in baseball? And I said, strike one. He says, nope. The best pitch in baseball is the one and one pitch that becomes one and two. That's the best pitch in baseball because then you got the hitter.
0: Oh my gosh! And, and it turns. 2-1 and one turns you into a 3-something three 300 right. hitter and 1-2 and, one and two turns you into like a 96 hitter that's right and now Marty we'll I, always, I always thought that was the biggest pitch of every at bat and there was some times when I would automatically take on 1-1 one, one in order to get to 2-1 if it was sure. a ball like I would act hitterish but I was taken all the <laughs> way and I, I would go like well if it's 1-2 I spread out and choke up and try to put it in play but it was worth a gamble for me on that pitch to not offer at it to maybe it was ball 2 and now I'm in the driver's seat
1: yeah, dramatically different when you could get that second strike, one and two. So, yeah, I learned something from Rick. I, I did, and I, I'll never forget it.
0: Well, let's touch on Camillo Duvall, 104-mile-an-hour fastball, one pitch this year, the hardest pitch in Giants history. I mean, I'm looking at this, Marty. Logan Webb made $730,000 this year. Camillo Duvall made 703 dollars I mean, and to everybody you know that works their ass off for a living, that's a lot of money. But for these two guys... They're going to make a lot of money. When you talk about Camilo Duvall, I think at 24 years old, Marty, he has a chance to be one of the best closers in baseball.
1: I agree. He's got to stay healthy. What I like about him is his composure. The guy gets in trouble, nothing. He's not sweating on the mound. He's not walking around. He doesn't make a face. He's not doing anything. He's not rubbing his head. No, (laughs) this guy, I'm telling you, he gets in trouble, and he just gets better. He just gets better. So for me, what a jump he made. Now, last year in September, he was terrific. He was the reliever of the month this past September, same thing. So it's in there, and I agree with you. He could be another Edwin Diaz. It's that kind of stuff. And when you throw 104 and you can locate it, come on. It, you, you, it's over.
0: Yeah, Giants are going to have to get a trumpet player in the off season because he does look hey, around. Raph
1: plays the guitar. Well,
0: yeah, have Raph play the guitar. Well, that'll put everybody asleep when we're trying to fire him up. All right, player, <laughs> of, the, player of the year. Jock Peterson, Tyro Estrada, are the two ones I have. I know Wilmer Flores comes to mind because he won the Willie Mack Award, but he hit 230, 229 after today. Jock Peterson finished at 274, Marty, with 23 home runs. And my MVP of the team, and I've been saying it for a couple months now, is Tyro Estrada. 26 years old. He played 140 games, 541 plate appearances. He had 14 taters, hit 260, stole 21 bases, uh, scored 71 runs, which I think is the most important stat for any hitter is crossing home plate because that's the name of the game.
1: He was terrific. He stabilized second base. Look, Listella couldn't play at all. Whoever they put over there was disaster. He stabilized second base. He really did. And uh, with the shift and playing in short right field, he really learned how to do that. I thought he was terrific. And there was a stat I saw uh, in late and close at bats uh, from the seventh inning on. His OPS was 1,093. Uh, he was a tough out. And I saw him in spring training and I watched batting practice. and I said, man, you got thunder in that bat and you know and he smiled and of course he does he's got thunder in that bat he's a good hitter he hit a tremendous amount of ground balls first half of the season i don't think he hit as many the second half uh for me he stabilized shortstop the backup at shortstop the giants had nobody to back up crawford at all and crawford went down and this kid came over and played short i thought he did terrific they brought up the one kid from the minor leagues who couldn't buy a hit but for Estrada, he stepped over there and did a good job. So for me, uh, it's Estrada. Uh, Peterson was a half a player. And look, when it mattered in midseason, he disappeared. He was 0 for three months. And uh, <laughs> I, I can't forget that. that just, it doesn't work for me. And for Flores, uh, you know, when, again, when it mattered here down the stretch, he's 16th for 100. And uh, I think he just wore down, and it scares me to think they've got two more years out of him because he did wear down this year so for me uh, it's a strata all the way.
0: Talking to Marty Lurie uh, nice enough to join us to recap the Giants season I'm F.P. Santangelo who is constantly O for three months in my career so I'm <laughs> kind of offended by that Marty a little bit that's kind of maybe I should have been uh, my license plate, my personalized license play O for three months that, that's all actually right. a good that's actually a good one alright what do the Giants need to do in the offseason then we'll move on to the playoffs because I know that's your favorite time of year
1: well, I think they have to do a couple of things. One is really evaluate the ball club. And this is more than a one-season fix, I think. It's going to take a little bit more than that because who knows if Longoria will be back and Belt will be back. And, you know, you've got people moving all over the diamond, and we've got to go through that again. So I don't like it. So the first thing is evaluating who is here. Uh, VR had a couple of home runs today. Uh, You know, Yastrzemski had a good finish to the season. Slater, you know, had a decent finish to the season. So for me, it's evaluating Joey Bart and uh, where he fits into this thing next year. You can't have another season like this. So the biggest thing is evaluation. And I think that Farhan needs FP what we used to call a cold water guy. And, you know, when when, uh, Farhan says, oh, hey, come on, Yastrzemski and Slater, what what a platoon in center field you got to be able to say, I don't think so. I think you need an everyday center fielder. I think you better look at Cody Bellinger if he's available. So that's the things for me. Uh, evaluation and Farhan needs a veteran cold water guy to tell him if he's off base. And I don't think he's got it. I think he's just got people around him that agree with him. So that's number one. And number two, you have to be careful with the rotation. Look, Di Sclafani's coming back from an injury. He didn't last all year. Wood didn't last all year. Cobb, as good as he was, which was terrific, only threw 130 innings. If I think that's about it for him. And you got Webb who threw, who's going to throw his 180 to 200 if everything goes well. So who's going to step up there? This opener stuff drove me
0: crazy.
1: <laughs> it drove me crazy. Because what does it say to you? It says, number one, you have nobody in the upper minor leagues that can step in and and be a pitcher nobody and the other thing it says for the guy who finishes and comes in after the opener we don't trust you to pitch the first inning because they're too good and we don't want you to get hit so we're going to put a guy in a reliever so we'll put him in then we don't have him in the seventh or eighth inning when we really need him but we can't let you do that because you may get lit up in the first inning but after that you're fine so the opener thing for me is crazy And I don't ever want to see it again. I want to have pitchers who can take the ball and take it and go five innings, six innings, whatever it is. And they've got to do that over the winter. They've got to find some pitching depth in the higher minor leagues. If it's Kyle Harrison, that's one guy. If it's Jelly, that may be two. But they have to find that. And they need an ace. They need a guy to go with Logan Webb. Preach, Marty. Preach.
0: I love what you're talking about right now. Is Buster Posey the cold water guy maybe?
1: Boy, you know, you don't know how uh, – I would think it, it's great. I think that's part of the reason he's there. Right. Uh, I hope that's him. Uh, it may not be his personality. You know you know who's there is J.P. Ricciardi. Remember J.P.? Love him. You love him, right? Knows baseball cold. Love sitting at a game with him, talking to him. He's the guy for me. If, if he's part of this front office, he should be speaking up and saying, we can't do this. This is not okay. Uh, So it could be Posey, and I think that's part of the reason he's there is to give another perspective.
0: Mike Rizzo in D.C. used a term after the season. He said, I want to give the organization an autopsy. Yeah. Meaning you got to find out why you died, right? As yeah. a team, as an organization, from a ball all the way to the big leagues, you figure out what went wrong, and then you start from there. So maybe they do an autopsy in the month of October. While we're watching baseball and we're watching the playoffs, and I always think the playoffs are the best time of year. There's 12 Love teams it. in the playoffs now. You got you got three round or three game wild card matches all in the winners' ballpark, which I think is brilliant. I'm super excited for Friday and the playoffs to start, Marty. What are your thoughts? Who are you looking at, and who do you think wins it all?
1: Well, we've never seen anything like this before. We, this is going to be the best playoff we've ever seen uh, because there's a three-game wild card series to get into this thing to get to the next round. We've never seen that before, and it's going to take a lot of pitching to do it, the Teams that have a bye have a tremendous advantage. So that's going to be new for me. After the first game, then we've got all elimination games after that. Second game is an elimination game. Third game, obviously, would be an elimination game. Baseball loves this. That's why TV paid a billion dollars. And that's why baseball had to have this negotiated with the Players Association. So the first three games are going to be fabulous. I can't wait to see it. Uh, My thought is basically in the playoffs – Hitters get hot. Look at Rosario, Jorge Soler, Cody Ross, people like that, F.P. Santangelo. They get hot in the playoffs. You know, they get hot in the playoffs. Hitters can get hot. All right, Beltran got hot with Houston. Starting pitchers come out of nowhere. All of a sudden, you got a guy who makes it through October, and he carries you. Defense, you know what you're going to have. You know what you're going to have defensively. That doesn't disappear. The big thing for me, bullpens. And that's the turning point for me. And in this first series, uh, the St. Louis bullpen, I think, is absolutely, absolutely terrific. The Philly bullpen is not terrific. Neither team hits a lot. Uh, St. Louis is very vulnerable to right-handed pitching. Very, think of Goldschmidt and Pool Host, believe it or not, and O'Neal in there and Arenado. And you get Nola, who was just terrific down the stretch, and Wheeler. That could be trouble for the Cardinals. But... This is a game of bullpens, and I think the Cardinals have a better bullpen. San Diego and the Mets, I think, are pretty even pitching-wise. I really do for starting pitching. DeGrom, for me, and Scherzer did not look that good going down the stretch. They didn't. Now, they may be great in the three-game series, but let's see if they can last a whole month. So the Padres' starting pitching has been terrific. Offense, not so much. Padre bullpen, I wouldn't trust him for a second. Not for a second, especially with Hader. The Met bullpen with Diaz at the end, I think I would trust. I think the Mets, I think the Cardinals win the first round in the National League.
0: Yeah, it's all about the bullpen. I mean, there's two things for me in the playoffs in October baseball. It's bullpens. And there's a stat that just pops out, and it's the most important stat offensively in October. It's it's batting average with runners in scoring position. Yeah. And if you're hitting and you're driving in runs, because what happens, Marty, is you're facing everybody's aces. You're facing their one and twos. You're facing teams that won 100 games, so their ones and their twos are probably the best ones and twos in all of baseball. And it's hard to drive in runs in the playoffs. You see guys get tight. You see guys get anxious. You see them having trouble controlling their emotions. And I always thought the teams that had a, a good risk batting average were the ones that always won the playoffs so we'll see i have in my bracket i have the braves and the yankees in the world series
1: yeah i i like the braves and again i'll go back to the bullpen Uh, the dodgers i mean look they stopped hitting a little bit at the end they're going to be off for a week which is a you know a long time to be off uh you can get stale that's another new element that we've got but they're starting pitching uh you know can they go a whole month like this with, with the lefties, every, all the lefties in the rotation? And basically, you know, you're, you're hoping that Gonsolin will give you something. But their bullpen's pretty good. But you got got just about an all-lefty rotation with Urias, who's terrific. I think is the best of the crowd. Kershaw has been fabulous the last couple of months. I think just quietly fabulous. And then you get Anderson, who's been good. And then if you get Gonsolin in there, that's your, you know, maybe your fourth. I don't know if May will be back. Um, it, it, the Braves, to me, they just play the game well. Uh, it's going to be a great series. I like the Brave bullpen. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go Braves uh, with you, but I, I don't think it's going to be simple. I think the Dodgers are a team that can be there. Dodgers may get knocked off in this thing. Who knows what how they're going to come out. When you win 110 or 111 you better win the World Series, and there's going to be <laughs> pressure on them to do that. And that that's a big deal. Um, and then I think uh, in the American League, I like Houston. I just think Dusty knows what he's doing in these playoffs. He really does. And he's got the pitching. He's got the pitching up and down. He's got players who've been there before. Uh, the Yankees, if you stop Judge, and uh, if you stop Judge, you got a good chance of stopping the Yankees. So, Uh, I like uh, Houston. I like Houston, and I'll go with the Braves, Houston and the Braves.
0: I would love for Dusty to win a ring, Marty, but this is being super honest and maybe too honest on 50,000 watts. I've seen Dusty freak out in the playoffs, like where he's such a good regular season manager. He loves his players. His players love him. But then all of a sudden, October, he does things that he didn't do all season. And I'm talking not like a Bruce Bochy way, where you manage differently in October. you would just be like, wait, what? I saw that in D.C. I saw it in San Francisco. So maybe with all the experience he's had in the playoffs, that he's finally going to just choo, chill a little bit and well, manage like he did during the regular season.
1: Yeah, and he's got the players too, uh, and that, that's a key thing. You know, to start our conversation off, what do the Giants have to do, they got to get players. You've got to get winning players, players who can be there in October, not guys who are projects or half a player that has to platoon all the time because you don't trust them to hit one way or another way. It's a bad message. So for Dusty, I agree with you. There's, there's been moments uh, <laughs> with the starting pitching with the Cubs and all that. We know it. But he's got the players this time. And uh, when you got the players, I think it makes a big difference. And, look, you don't let the games get out of hand. Uh, you know, the first sign of real trouble, Bango, that starting pitcher is out, and now you're into the bullpen. And he's got a lot of players, so I like him. I like him.
0: You know what you also need, Marty, is you need like a gimmick. Like there, there's you got pearls or fear the beard or baby sharks or something. And I'm looking at the brackets right now, and I don't know if any of these teams have their thing. It's always the team that has a thing ends up winning the World Series.
1: Well, they all have something in the dugout now, right? I, I when, don't know. When you I hit a home run, right? You hit a home run, and you get to wear a football helmet, or. You know, something, uh, a jacket, you know, Guerrero putting oh, a yeah. jacket that's six sizes too small on him trying to put the jacket on. Uh, you know, they, they put another guy in a laundry basket and wheel him around uh, when he hits a home run. So they, they've got the, uh, you know, the thong or the, the shot of whiskey going and all that other stuff. Yeah, watch the home run celebration. It's, it's all crazy. Oh, my gosh. It's, and then the Dodgers hit their head three times if they get a hit. How about that? That's from Wall Street, Wolf of Wall Street. Fat guy
0: in a little coat, yes. And the Mets have the Timmy Trumpet when Diaz comes
1: in, so who knows? Oh, no. Yeah, they have— Neinfeld says,
0: oh, no. Yeah, (laughs) didn't they? They lost a bunch of games and went in a slide after Timmy Trumpet. They called it
1: the curse of Timmy Trumpet at Citi Field. Seinfeld said it. Jerry Seinfeld, who loves the Mets, says, Stop it. You haven't won anything yet. <laughs> and, you know, That's Timmy Trumpets. Yeah, so they have that cooking. Boy, the Mets, so what, what happened down the stretch uh, with them? I don't trust Bassett uh, for a second. I, I just don't. I saw the Giants light him up a lot. And Scherzer and DeGrom, you've seen Scherzer FP so much, you know what a competitor he is. But can these guys get through a whole month of baseball at that level, Scherzer and DeGrom?
0: I don't know. You know what happened with them, in my opinion, and this is from 3,000 miles away and not watching every Mets game, so take that for what it's worth. Have you ever, like, been on the 16th hole and you look at your scorecard and you're about to break 80? And then you get to the 17th hole and you're thinking about it. Then you get to the 18th hole and you're like, I need a par to break 80. I'm talking about just us okay golfers and that, that, you know, it's a big deal if you break 80. I think for five months or four and a half months, they were playing baseball. They weren't thinking about anything. They were having a good time. The New York media was off them. The fans were off them. Mets fans who have trouble letting their guard down finally did. And then all of a sudden, they started thinking about breaking 80, which means they started thinking about winning the division. And they looked, and here come the Braves. We're 10 and a half games up in June. We're nine and a half games up. We're eight and a half, seven. And they saw that lead shrink. They started thinking about it. They started pressing. So maybe now that, that that gorilla is off their back and they have the Padres and they can just play baseball and not think about winning a the division, they get it back together. We'll see.
1: Well, they didn't kick it in uh, because, see, I mean, the Braves won 100. The Braves, you know, played 73-38 ball or something like that the last 110-11 games. The Mets won 100 games. I think they either won today or yep. 99 or 100. They 100, won 100.
0: 161 and the Braves are 101-60. Yeah,
1: so it's not like, oh, my God, you know, we choked. <laughs> you know, we, we couldn't win when we needed to win. No, not at all. The Braves just played better baseball. They did. And they hit home runs. Uh, they, this three-game series, they swept the Braves at 12 home runs and Mets at three. And that's what happened. You know, they just out-hit the Mets. So I, I don't think the Mets are, are psychologically scarred. I really don't. And I think the biggest fear for me, and look, they got Taiwan Walker. They got Carrasco. They've got a lot of arms. But they need the two big boys to come through. And they need Alonzo and Lindor to come through. And Nemo has gotten hot. So it's going to be fun it's gonna I love look you get the ball to Diaz I'll say good night yeah and that's that's the end of it you, right know, you
0: know who my sneaky favorite player is and a guy that I'm sure the Giants have their eye on that nobody's talking about is Dansby Swanson he's a winning player Marty yeah. he does all yeah. that he's like the, the National League version of a Derek Jeter he does all the things to help you win a ball game he'll hit behind a runner he'll hit the ball to the right side if you make a mistake he'll shoot you out of the yard he plays as good a defense as any shortstop in baseball he works his tail off and he's a winning player so when the there's flashier guys out there like Trey Turner, who in my mind is a winning player too, or Correa. And when you're talking about shortstops or free agents, if it were me and it were my team, that would be my number one guy. I would go after Dansby Swanson.
1: I like it. Ron Washington told me this years ago when they first got him, and he wasn't doing anything. Remember when he first went over to the Braves, he couldn't hit at all. And Wash said, he's got it. I said, what are you talking about? He says, it. He's got it. That's who this guy is. And that's, I'll never forget it. And Wash uh, said it right away. He knew it right away. And he's got it. He's that kind of ball player. And look, this year in May, what, April and May, I was hitting 100. And he said, no, that's not me. I've got to do better than that. And he did. He picked it up. They moved him into the two spot. He Started hitting home runs. Uh, Cunha got hurt. He picked the team up with Riley. And and, uh, he had a great season. So let me ask you this. You've been all over the diamond. Let's say you get a Dansby Swanson. What do you do with Crawford? Can you make Crawford a second baseman without any problem? Can you make Crawford a third baseman? What would you do?
0: Oh, I don't know, man. I, I would just focus on the fact that I had Dansby Swanson, and I would
1: figure out everything from there, based well, on is that explain it to Croy? You're playing him a lot of money, you know, to, to be a shortstop.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I realize that, but I'm trying to win too, and I I don't know, you know, where I would put. Maybe I'd put Dansby Swanson at second for a year, but he ended up at 277 this year. And he had a bunch of homers and a bunch of RBIs. But for him, it's, for me, it's not about the box score with him. It's just about watching him play yeah. I mean, yeah. and the plays he makes and the double plays he turns and going into the hole. I mean, for me, he's just a solid – he's like the John Stockton of shortstops. They need a leader. Yeah. They need
1: a veteran leader to go into that clubhouse and say, this is the way you win. They don't have a leader right now. Longoria got hurt and he could lead a little bit, but you got to be on the field to lead and they don't have a leader so they need that one guy and if he's strong enough to do it that's the guy I want too they need Marty Lurie. Correa is, could do it I'll tell you that they
0: need Marty Lurie as the manager he should be their leader Mar we got Marty we got to run man but I uh, do, they do s- analytics
1: I only could do <laughs> analytics that's all, that's all I do
0: I think you're more of a field guy You're just like a you know you have a good feel for the game you and I go back I don't know 15 20 years talking about baseball and you always have a good feel like all of yeah, your it's takes a combination
1: you know that yeah all you, of your you – what's that yeah, you got to have both. You know, and this the big thing is evaluation. Look, they can evaluate pitchers. They did a good job of evaluating pitchers. They used 65 players this year, FP. Probably 40 of them were hitters. 40. Are you going to tell me you know how to evaluate a hitter when you bring in 40 people and you keep them for a week or 10 days and you get rid of them? That's the biggest issue for me is how they evaluate hitting.
0: Well, as a, for, as a former hitter, it's hard to get hot when you get two at-bats a game. So, I, I don't know. Maybe they, they sign some guys that are everyday guys, and you have four or five of those in your lineup, and then maybe just three or four platoon guys. Well, how,
1: how would you like being brought up? Uh, you know, all of a sudden you're brought up on uh, August the 3rd, And they give you, uh, you know, five at-bats, six at-bats, eight at-bats. And then on August the 10th, they said, "Okay, we've seen enough. We'll see you later. But what does that do to a ball player?
0: Well, oddly enough, Marty, I was called up on August 2nd, so we were close, number one. And I always say the biggest thing in my career and the reason I stayed for seven years is Felipe Alou put me in the lineup the very first day. If I had sat around for four or five days and looked and and noticed that I was in the big leagues, I think I would have got a little bit more nervous and I wouldn't have produced. But I got two hits my first night. He threw me in the lineup. I think I was hitting five hundred after a week or so, getting three off Dave Dravecchi, getting three off Tom Glavin, and I and I just I didn't really realize where I was. I just kept playing. And You're a ball and, player. Yeah, and, and, ball and, player. and Felipe let me play. I got called up August second and I got hundred at bats and I think I hit three hundred my first call up and, and and the rest was history. But yeah, I can't imagine being a young guy getting called up. And then you sit around or you play one day and then you sit around and you go back. I'm talking about prospect. I wasn't a prospect. I was just lucky enough that he put me in the lineup. And I felt like it changed the trajectory of my future and my career in baseball.
1: Well, I, I appreciate it. They have to evaluate hitters. They have to do a better job of evaluating who they are. And do they have championship players? Are they trending towards Kyle Harrison? Is he going to be a championship player? Is Luciano Matos, are these championship players Because the players they have on the team now, I don't know if I'd classify them as championship players. And you have to get those kind of players to compete with the Braves and the Mets and the Dodgers and the Padres and the Brewers and everybody and the Cardinals and everybody else. So they got a lot of work to do this winter. They've got a lot of work to do. And by the way, When I play golf, 80 is about the seventh hole for me. So, (laughs) you know, I I appreciate the compliment and the confidence you have in my game. Uh, But uh, the last time I played golf, I broke the driver hitting the ground before the ball. And I said, that's enough for me.
0: Well, you know, I, I usually break the driver
1: over the golf cart when I'm I frustrated. Can yes, <laughs> I can see that. You're a very mild-mannered man. I can see that. The,
0: Itali- <laughs> the Italian snapper comes out oh, on me in the really. golf course.
1: <laughs> hey, that's why you're a great ball player. Seriously, you, you made something of a career. They need guys like you, not, not too many of them, but no. they need a couple of guys like you to say, hey, this is the way the game's played.
0: You need a couple of jerks on your team to keep it interesting. I agree, Bill Marty. Bill King
1: always said it. Bill King said, give me a couple of you-know-what. And uh, that's the kind of team I want.
0: Yeah, a few Richards, if you know what I mean. Yes, you need a few Richards on your team.
1: There's another body part, but uh, give me a couple of... You need a few Richards. That's what I'm talking about. That's pretty much what Bill said, used another word, but Bill said that. Give me a couple of guys like that. You you gotta have it on a team.
0: Absolutely. Well, you're a championship uh, guy, Marty, number one, a championship person, and I really appreciate you coming on and catching up and talking about the Giants, talking about baseball. It just brings me back to 2010. Hearing your voice. I love it, too. I could talk Literally, we could do four hours together. and It would feel like 10 minutes. That's baseball,
1: and that's what we do. And, uh, yeah, let's talk during the playoffs. It'll be fun.
0: All right, Marty Lurie on the Giants, on baseball, on all things great, the championship voice of Marty Lurie. Thanks, Marty. I'll talk to you soon.
1: All right, be well. Thanks.